0: Welcome to a Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of a Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my awesome guest is Mark Younger. We actually had a previous conversation, which I was so excited about. I'm like, we really need to get him on the show. Uh, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So I was a financial advisor in Montreal. Uh, for 12 years uh, built a business from scratch Um, at the end I had 1200 clients which I thought was pretty uh, respectable Um, was doing really well but was just not happy with the cold Uh, the blistering blistering cold of Montreal and uh, had a couple of near near uh, very bad accidents in on black ice and With young kids, I have uh, two kids that were four years old at the time. And I was just kind of seeing my life flash before my eyes on black ice a couple times and said, you know what, that's enough of that. So I looked for a way to uh, move down to the States and be in warmer weather. Uh, We came down on vacation and loved it. So um, that's where my journey started.
0: Yeah. So to sum it up quickly for people... Mark has done it. Mark has went from living in Montreal to legitimately living in Orlando, not uh, just going for a vacation and staying. actually did the proper paperwork, which is super exciting. So, uh, Mark, just tell your story. <laughs> All right. Well,
1: um, yeah, we, we uh, came down to vacation. So uh, the first idea, it actually didn't start with real estate. Um, I was a real estate investor, I had a duplex, then a fourplex, um, so I just had my little thing going in Montreal as a side job to my job, and um, I was starting to look at, invest. I was investing in notes, or looking at investing in notes, and um, I just thought I would be a financial advisor in the States, um, so I went down to the States. And uh, went to an insurance conference and just said, well, hey, I just want to come from Canada and just do the same thing, uh, sell insurance and financial products, but in the U.S. And I was like, you know, my big uh, bread and butter is mortgage insurance and life insurance. And they were like, oh, nobody gets that here. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's just not in the culture. People get house insurance. People get medical insurance. Lots of it because it's terrifying down here um, and I was like I don't know anything about medical insurance yeah. uh, you know we have Medicare so um, you know so so what's that all about so they were like wow you're gonna have to learn all about medical insurance and they said Obamacare is killing their medical insurance cash cow so people are actually getting out of the industry rather than in so it was bad timing and then the companies that did want to hire me were like we can't hire a Canadian because there's a rule down here, like an American first rule, that if you want to hire any foreigner for a position, you have to put it in the paper or today online. And then for something like that, somebody explained it to me, if I was a left eye surgeon, it would have been okay because they would have put a, you know, something super specific. They would have put a, an ad out for a left eye surgeon, nobody would have answered and I would have got the job and I would have been fine. But with financial advisor, it's an easy job to get into, hard to master, Uh, but they could have just taken anybody with a college degree who needed a job, and they would have got the job over me. So that kind of deflated me a little bit, and they said, for those reasons, they don't do it, because too many Americans apply, so there's no point. They don't need a Canadian, no matter how good I was, and had built my business to 1,200 clients. They were salivating over that, but then... They were just like, we just can't do it. We're not going to sponsor you for the green card. So uh, I I shifted focus and I decided to stop. I didn't want to hit my head against the wall 20 times trying with different companies. So um, once two said no, they wouldn't do the green card. I decided, okay, I'm going to buy a business. Um, So my lawyer said, well, you could either marry an American or buy a business. And I asked my wife, who was... (laughs) If it was okay to marry an American and she wasn't okay with, she wasn't on board with that plan. No, so, I don't uh, think so. Who knew? Uh, but uh, so basically it came down to either buying a business or making my own. Yeah. Um, so I looked at buying a business. Uh, so I got a business broker guy and he was like, oh, I've got Menchie's, Subway, you know, Chipotle, all these food businesses. I had never been in the food business um there was a lot of lawn mowing uh landscaping companies out here um but they're all very sketchy uh the numbers are all kind of bs they don't declare real numbers to the government so they're very very hard to get real numbers on you know because they're all trying to evade taxes so they all they make no money and then then what's the point so you know you see on paper hey i want a million dollars for my business but i make ten thousand dollars a year you know so this is <laughs> and they're like, but I really make more. But I'm like, well, if it's not declared, then that's just that's just your word. Yeah. So I looked at about, and then and then the legitimate ones like Menchie's, they want eight hundred thousand dollars for a business that they tell you you're going to make like, or sorry, four hundred thousand dollars for a business they say you're going to make like fifty or sixty grand a year. So I was like the numbers don't really add up. There, I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I I just kind of was kind of sad at one point going, this is never going to work. And then it dawned on me like, well, okay, what do I know? I know real estate. I've had a duplex. I've had a fourplex. I've been going to um, conferences. I met Nathan Turner and uh, you know, he talked to me about um, first I met Matthew Bourgoin and uh, bought bought a couple of properties with him in Pittsburgh. And then, but they told me you can't just, manage you know uh, uh, single family residences because that's too easy like just it's too manage, passive right yeah it's too passive so they told me no you really that the attorney was like no you really got to be in it so i met uh, nathan turner at a, conf- a little uh, event uh, that matthew boardway had put on in montreal and uh, he was talking about notes and at first it didn't really click for me i was like okay thanks a lot Uh, But then a few months later when I decided I really wanted to go down to the States, I said, ah, this might be my solution. So I invested in notes with him and, um, you know, we saw those notes to fruition and then um, bought another series, uh, got investors, came down here. um, Well, essentially made the business plan, uh, told the government, I was going to come down here and, uh, you know, buy a bunch of notes and then buy more notes and then, you know distressed properties and all that and uh, yeah so essentially that's what I did Uh, that's what I'm doing Um, you know I I came down here uh, Floridians are very very leery um, of outsiders because there's a lot of scams here it's the because of the elderly population uh, especially in South Florida Um, when I met investors they were like how do I know you're not a scam 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 you know, they're terrified of scams. So you have to, it takes a longer time to kind of build people's trust. Yeah. Uh, but by going to the same meetings over and over again, getting yourself known, getting people to notice you, um, being a business uh, member of my local RIA, uh, you know, that gave me permission to stand up and speak and tell people who I was. And then just repetition, repetition, repetition. People started to trust me. Uh, because they, they saw me everywhere. They knew that I was starting to get a, a reputation and, uh, and that's kind of what I did.
0: Let's, let's talk, uh, the brass tacks. Cause you need to get, um, even still you need uh, a green card or social security number. You need something in order to do this. Like what's the process to go through to, to get the stuff to get down there?
1: So find a good attorney, um, and then the attorney will kind of, so I, I got a company, um, called journey and they made me a big, um, business plan. Cause those can be tough, like a really solid, big one can be daunting to put together. So they put together something fantastic for me, um, for about 1500 bucks. And then, um, uh, the attorney, uh, found a really good attorney in California, really like them. And, uh, he just laid everything out for me. He's like, "Here's he he does this like day in and day out." Um, and he was like, "Here's what you're gonna do. You've got two options." He's like, "Do you have a million dollars?" I'm like, "No." So he's like, "It's like, <laughs> well, there's only one option for you: uh, the EB five that lends to the green card. It, it, if you have five hundred thousand in a rural area project, or a million dollars in a city project." you basically get like the red carpet treatment and it leads to a green card. I did not have a million dollars burning a hole in my pocket. So I went the cheaper country cousin version, which is the uh, E2, which um, what they say is you need to uh, put a substantial amount. They do not specify what substantial is, but my attorney was like, it's pretty much known that it's got to be over 150,000 and the more the better so I, I ended up putting in you know to about 250,000 in total um, some of that was yeah. so I bought some notes so I, I bought notes for a good chunk of that probably about 200,000 worth
0: Yep.
1: and then I bought I the rest is like building your company so they were like show us that you have office space so I had to actually rent office space for two years in advance so i found an office space that was like a community office space uh, called scribble space uh, near where i wanted to live because i didn't even live there yet but it's like i signed a two-year lease in the community that i wanted to live in um in advance um and then i so i was like there's my office and i literally had to go by because the idea with the e2 is in five years, you have to have five employees. Um, in reality, those could be five guys cutting grass for your company. They could be five guys doing work on your renovations or those could be five office people. Um, so if
0: they're like uh, working on your renovations, they actually have to be like staff of yours. They can't be like you've hired out a, a contractor to do that.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, they have to kind of work for you. Like they could be your crew. Okay. Um and they could just work for you but they have to work for you like consistently. You can't just pick one up, let him go, pick him up, you know. Okay. He's got to work for my company Evergreen.
0: Okay.
1: Um and and some of them can just be like accountants and things like that, but they do kind of have to work for you. They can't just be an accountant that you hire for 500 bucks for your taxes. Got they it. have to really be an employee. So it it is kind of a
0: yeah, it's tricky yeah
1: yeah it's tricky because there's no real like standard they're like we would like this and then you try to hit those standards um for example you know they say five people but my attorney's like eh, it's kind of three you know like it's if you're doing three or four and you go oh, i'm trying my best they you know they, they they'll pass you for another five years is what i've heard
0: okay so how how have you come coming along have you hired some staff so far or <laughs>
1: well, I, I'm I, I'm in talks to convert a crew that works for me, uh, who's working for their boss, my GC, in one of the places I invest, and he would like flip them over to me um, to work for me permanently. Um, at first, when I was doing notes, um, I've kind of transitioned to flips now. So because because the notes were taking a long time, and so longer than I expected initially. So essentially um, when I bought notes, you kind of buy them a little bit everywhere. I was buying them kind of spread out. I had three, you know, four or five in one state, four or five in another state. And I didn't really concentrate on one place Um, because because when you're getting notes, unless you've got huge deal flow, you know, you can't always pick them in like in Canada, it would be like, you can't pick them all in Pickering, Ontario. you know they're going to be all they're going to be all over ontario and you can't you know and some might even be in quebec or whatever so it was the same thing in the states i had some in illinois i had some in in indiana i had some you know a little bit all over the place so as i'm transitioning out of that and more into a here are the communities i'm buying in with my teams that are there established um i'm going to be able to uh, hire those crews and then automatically I get like five guys or three or four or five guys on my crew and they'll just work for Evergreen.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So I'm just going to try and summarize this all in my head. So I want to go to the States and get a green card. Uh, I'm going to have to get a business plan. I'm going to have to get an office space, uh, work my way towards getting at least three mm-hmm. employees and, um, Is there anything else? Is there an interview process? Thanks for tuning in. I've cut this episode into two pieces, so please tune in to episode 77 to get the end of the episode. Uh, Thanks, guys.